Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. This is a podcast focusing on Test cricket. By armchair critics of the game. We are recording this episode on twelfth、uh, of February,、um, at the close of、um, the third Test match between、uh, England and West Indies, the last Test match of that、uh, series.、Um, thank you for all your support.、Um, keep listening to our podcast and introduce this to your、uh, cricket-loving friends. You can find us on Podbean,、uh, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and many other podcasting platforms. Uh, just search for、uh, Armchair Cricket Podcast.、Um, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts、uh, and share your thoughts in the comment section. You can email us on armchair.cricket@gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at armchaircrickpod. You can find us active on、uh, Twitter during an ongoing match.、Uh, you can join us there for a banter or a chat. Now, I have with me、uh, Ajit. Hi, Ajit. How are you doing? How have you been? Hi, Giri. Good evening. I'm doing good.、Uh, well, we've had a short turnaround between matches, and、mm. also between episodes for us, for sure. But yeah,、uh, it's been actually a couple of hectic days at work for me, so I've not been able to catch up on all the cricket. I've caught up a little bit on highlights. But yeah, uh, yeah. how have you been? Uh, likewise, I've had a busy couple of days、uh, to start of the week,、um, but I have been trying my best to, you know, follow the test match that's been going on、uh, between、uh, West Indies and England, the last test match of the series.、Um, yes, I think we、so、began. Was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's very, get into、uh, that a little bit、uh, further. But you have something else to add before that, right? Yeah, of course. So、mm-hmm. indeed. So before we go on to the tests, 
we can uh, quickly discuss the answer to the trivia question from last week so the trivia question from last week was what is the specific record that wasim jafar holds with respect to ranji trophy finals so we did not get any answers this week either but i am going to tell the answer now so the answer is that he has played 10 finals and won all 10 of them and the record he holds with respect to this is that he has won this from two teams so he has won eight ranji trophy titles with mumbai and two titles with vidarbha so this is the record he holds with respect to the uh, ranji trophy finals so if you were to quickly just look at this amazing uh, player's career right so he by the time he debuted he had already made a 400 not out as a 15 year old so he came into the ranji trophy team as a prodigy and uh, in his very second match he scored a 314 not out right mm-hmm. so he was partnered by sulakshan kulkarni who was a very seasoned uh, cricketer by his time and he said that he had a lot of you know lot of attributes that would take him far so in his very second match he was able to stay 675 minutes at the crease to score oh. his 314 yeah, so it was a fantastic fantastic you know dravidesk if one may use this term yeah, 11 hours 675 yeah. right so it's more than 10 oh, hours amazing this was like old school test or a first class cricket where he took two days and plus right so mm-hmm. then of course he's also had a reasonable uh, test match career so he played uh, 31 tests for india scored 1944 runs at an average which was slightly not so flattering so it was only 34 but he had 500s and 1150s and he had two double hundreds the top score of which was 212 for india right so yeah, but he was an opening batsman right opening batsman yeah. tend to have a lower average uh, than the other middle order batsmen usually so, yes so yeah. uh, you are absolutely right but yeah but i think the figures don't do justice to his uh, talent Uh, this exactly. guy's talent yeah i think uh, most people feel the same so if you were to look at some of his other records on the first class scene in india so he is the comfortably the highest scorer in ranji trophy and he in the 2018 2019 season this last season crossed 11000 runs he has also played uh, 145 matches in uh, the first class level that is ranji matches and he has this is the highest number of matches played by anybody also i think he has the tally of the highest uh, centuries so 36 centuries that he scored in ranji trophy is the highest so the, as i said this guy is truly an absolute uh, you know a giant in the indian yeah. first class scene and uh, rightfully he holds also a very unique record when it comes to finals that he has won 10 of them mm. right so it just just yeah. something to talk about for us so yeah, now yeah i think it's Yeah, one more thing I, mean, i think it's it's uh, it's a stupendous record um so whichever team wants to win ranji trophy uh, in the, the upcoming season must hire him you know because he seems to bring uh, good luck with him wherever he goes good point man good point yeah. if they can lure him away from vidarbha yeah right so vidarbha yeah, but... may want a hat so we don't know mm. that uh, and you know you, when you when you were talking about this first class record uh, another my uh, name uh, popped up in my mind uh, graham hick you remember his record I think he had one of the most prolific uh, first class records in county cricket. Exactly. That's a that's yeah. a very good uh, example you brought up. He, indeed, he was also sort of always uh, you know um if one of those people like Mark mm-hmm. Ram Prakash, you know, in the English uh, first class, let's say he was a giant yeah. of the English first class circuit, but he could not really convert it into his uh, you know, if you look at his stats probably they are a little bit more disappointing than uh, wasim yeah. jafar you know he got to play 
65 tests for England, Graham Hick, yeah. but he was mm. averaging only 31, right? Mm. I think England persisted with him a lot longer, hoping that, um, you know, he's a, he's of Zimbabwean descent. And I think he set the world alight in 1989 or something when he yeah. Yeah. went, uh, you know, 1991, I think also. So he, he was able to do quite a lot on the domestic scene. So that's an excellent example, I think. So uh, he mm. played uh, 526 first-class matches, Hick, and he averaged 52 in that. And his highest score was also a 400, right? That's a very good example. But if you compare it to his international record, it's hardly anything. So he played 120 ODIs. Yeah. And uh, his ODI record was much good, uh, much better, you know, average of 37. And he played in like 90s to 2000s. So that was a reasonable record. He retired around 2001, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's an excellent example. Thanks for bringing yeah. this up, Kiri. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. So um, shall we move on to the next topic then? I guess. Yeah, man. Go yeah. for it. Right. Um, so uh, um, when we began this episode, we mentioned uh, the last test match uh, that was happening between uh, England and West Indies at St. Mm-hmm. Lucia. Um, while we record this episode, I think just minutes before this episode was recorded, the game, uh, the game came to a, a close. Um, England wrapped up the match by um, 232 runs um, on the fourth day of the test match. Um, just to sum up the whole test match. So as we remember, uh, when we started the previous episode, we also mentioned this. I think we covered the first day then. So West Indies having won the toss, um, inserted England to bat. Um, England's top order did not do that well. Um, they had some good contributions. Um, I think uh, Jennings was a failure again in the first innings. Uh, he got out cheaply. Uh, there were some starts by other batsmen like Burns, uh, Rory Burns, uh, Denley, and Root, who made 20 of uh, 29, 20, and 15 respectively, but they didn't, you know, um, go ahead and convert that into a bigger score. Um, so they were, uh, I think, 100 and a bit down, 107 for four uh, when yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Root was out, Indeed. and then um, in came uh, Ben Stokes, uh, and along with. Uh, Joss Butler, they put on, um, I think, a 125-run partnership, yeah. which kind of um, uh, rescued England uh, because it could have been so much worse for them had the West Indian bowling attack uh, you know, continued their uh, good uh, form. But then, yeah, they survived the onslaught and then they made sure England had a good score at the end of day's play, um, at the end of first day's play. And then... The following morning, uh, I think West Indies bowlers came back very hard at them. So they they also had a new ball, right? I mean, they they the, the I think uh, with a new ball uh, uh, was that Kima Roach? No, that was, I think uh, Shannon Gabriel uh, broke through uh, Josh Butler's defenses yes. and then, uh, bowled him. And after that, uh, Stokes also got out cheaply uh, and basically Kima Roach wiped out uh, the tail uh, in. Uh, double quick time. So I think England were bowled out for 277. Um, and when West Indies came out to bat, uh, they were, uh, I think they had very good intent. They were quite uh, cautious at the same time. They also looked very comfortable um, against uh, Anderson and Broad. Um, so they had an opening partnership of 57 runs uh, with Carlos, sorry, uh, Craig Brathwaite. Craig Brathwaite. <laughs> I always... Uh, Mentioned that name, Carlos. He's more popular, I guess. Yeah. Um, Craig Brathwaite and uh, uh, Campbell, John Campbell. Uh, they put on 57 runs. And then uh, against the run of play, you know, when Moin Ali was introduced uh, into the bowling attack, 
uh, Brathwaite um, tried to hike one over the midwicket and then was holed out. And uh, with that started uh, the plunge uh, from the West Indies. Uh, immediately after, uh, the very next ball, uh, Campbell got out. And then this was the moment that changed the whole test match. I think uh, Mark Wood, the replacement uh, bowler, uh, I think he yeah. replaced uh, Sam Curran, right? Yeah, I think he replaced Sam Indeed. Curran. He came out uh, to bowl and then the, the, he basically terrorized the West Indian batsman. He bowled really fast um, and got the middle order uh, out very cheaply. I think uh, Shea Hope, Bravo, Rustin Chase and Hetmeyer got out in very quick succession. So they were all out. Uh, and I think by then, West Indies were about six down for 79. Um, there, there was not much resistance down the order except for uh, uh, Dowrich, the wicketkeeper batsman. Mm-hmm. I think he played a good hand with 38. Um, and only Kima Roach, <laughs> the bowler, managed to get into double figures. All the others were, uh, uh, you know, uh, easily um, um, either bowled out or uh, I think they, they got out very cheaply, basically. Um, I think England bowlers finally bounced back on the back of the uh, good first innings batting display uh, by their batsmen. And the West Indies were bowled out for 154. And that was basically kind of game over for them because they held, uh, I think they handed over a lead of uh, 120 runs or something like that. Uh, I don't remember how much it was. Uh, yeah, it was around 120, you're right. Yeah, uh, 123. So that, that, so that was, I think, uh, advantage England from that point on. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when England's uh, second inning started, uh, West Indies also lost a bowler. Uh, they lost uh, Kimo Paul because he, I think he had a quadriceps injury, in fact. So he, was, yes, he had yes. to be stretched out of the field. Um, so they were a man down. Uh, and um, with Roach, Gabriel, uh, Joseph, um, I think they, they didn't have that the edge that they had in the first two test matches. I think they were also a little bit tired and they were running out of ideas. Uh, so, because especially they had uh, given, you know, handed a lead to uh, England in the first innings, I think they, they didn't have much to do. I mean, having said that, um, the English uh, openers uh, began cautiously, but uh, I think Burns, Rory Burns got 10. Uh, Keaton Jennings was out after a start. He got a good start. I think he was 23 and then he got out. Um, mm-hmm. He was bowled by Joseph, and I mean, we have to wonder what's going to happen to this guy because he, I think England have persisted with him. Uh, we don't, I mean, I don't know if uh, he will be retained for the Ashes uh, in the summer. Oh, but then, um, hmm? no, I don't think so. Maybe we can revisit this yeah, towards the we, end of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Let me just go through the scorecard uh, very quickly. Um, so Denley uh, made a 50. He made 59, 69. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally Joe Root uh, managed to. Uh, Put some runs on the put some runs on the board. So he made a very good century, 122. Uh, cautious at the same time, he took the game away from uh, West Indies. If there was any uh, any outside chance that was quenched, basically squashed. Uh, sorry. Um, um, I think he was supported by Josh Butler, who made another 50. Uh, ben Stokes made a kind of a quick fire, 48. And when Joe Root got out for 122, uh, they declared a 361 for five. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving West Indies a target of 485. So it was only a matter of time when West Indies got, came out to bat. You know, it was not a question of if, it was just a matter of when. Because West Indies had to bat like, I think, 3 plus 2, 5 sessions. I took 5 sessions and a little more. 
mm-hmm. um, and they yeah they didn't have a good first innings outing uh, with the bat so they they already were uh, down on confidence um, the top order did not do well again i think there were 76 for 5 uh, all of them <clears throat> getting out very cheaply um, yeah especially with the opening uh, spell by anderson anderson was uh, amazing like uh, he is normally with the new ball um i think the only resistance was from roston chase who scored mm-hmm. an unbeaten century towards the end um, others like admire dowich uh, both of them got a start but they didn't capitalize um, but it was a good tribute to roston chase who had a good series actually uh, also with the ball he managed yeah. to score a century because uh, um yeah I, i was worried i mean i was watching him score this uh, uh you know uh, boundary with which he scored the century uh, he was running out of partners towards the end yeah. and um, it was good on uh, kimo paul to come out and bat you know because he could have simply sat out uh, as his injury was i think quite severe but he came Indeed. out to bat and then he supported him uh, so roston chase managed to score the century and uh, in the end uh, it was not enough obviously so west indies were bowled out for 252 uh making uh, you know uh, leaving them 232 runs short of the target yes um man of the match was obviously mark wood for that fantastic uh, fiery fast bowling uh, spell uh, mm-hmm. uh, which basically broke west indian batting lineup uh, you know i think it shattered their confidence as well he was quite good um player of the series if you want to summarize the sum up the series uh, performance i think kima roach was a standout and rightly um, a deserved uh, winner of that uh, title player of the series because he had a very good uh, series with the ball yeah um, in the end west indies took the series to one uh, but england took away uh, i think england had a lot to take away from this game because uh, they came back i think they bounced back uh, west indies were missing some key people like jason holder uh, yeah but then yeah so that's basically the summary of the test match um, do you want to add uh, something more to this ajit yes so i think uh, if you were to i think you basically very nicely summarized the entire test match right so if you were to just pick up where we had sort of started discussing so keaton jennings uh, he had a very unsatisfactory test match i think he was very lucky to get this chance right but he couldn't really make it count so uh, 8 out of 43 in the first uh, innings he looked very yeah. unconvincing very scratchy in the second innings he looked a bit more comfortable he scored 23 out of 99 and nearly 100 balls but the strike rate first of all is very low you know mm-hmm. especially when you are 120 ahead it's a different mindset you out go out with right as openers you think if you put on 50 quickly the opposition is really down uh, he was not able to provide this sort of a let's say an opening for the england uh, second innings so really does not augur well for him and uh, if i were to look at um, his career i think it may have stalled at this point in time he may have to go back to the basics go back to his coaches with whom he played during school days or during his county days and then he'll have to sort of build his uh, you know technique back up because what we were told is he had changed his technique a little bit and it was sort of working for him was what we were told when he came back to the team it looks like those changes have really not been very effective because he has somehow become a blocker he's completely kept out all the shots you know there are test match batsman who've been very successful doing that but they always had like two or three get out of jail shots or steve ward did it so when steve was dropped for the first time he was dropped for the first time i think around 1991 for his own twin markwa right 
this was already a very successful cricketer yeah. but he had to reinvent himself but he did and then he was a completely successful cricketer so you can never write anybody off but this is already the second chance kitten jennings had, has had and it looks a bit tough for him you know that's something from small things about jennings mm-hmm. but uh, if you were to look at the overall picture of the test match you were right that you know the west indies were really fired up in the second morning they were yeah. able to take you know the initiative and england were in a hostile hour and a half session england were bowled out for the addition of just 46 runs so mm-hmm. when you have two set batsmen 50, 50 plus each you can expect that you know the team is able to stretch it out to 400 or even 350 plus but west indies really blew them out of the water on the second mm-hmm. morning right this was good you are right when you pointed out that gabriel sort of started the whole thing right mm-hmm. yeah. and um, uh, if you look at also then of course roach took over you already mentioned it nicely yeah. and uh, when it comes to the west indian batting i think the pitch was considerably faster by the second and the third day i think right so it looks like you are right i think that back to back dismissals of the two openers brathwaite and campbell may have been yeah. very dangerous or may have been detrimental because that began that spell of wood you know completely running through the england west indian batting lineup the middle order at least so single digit scores all the way through so in effect they lost they were uh, no wicket for 57 and they were suddenly you know uh, six wickets for 79 so that sort of a collapse is very tough to resist i think mm. if anything dowrich and maybe roach can be given a little bit of credit there you know yeah because wood was still very rampant so i was reading on twitter somewhere that you know the cricket prof this is a user who probably blogs also with cricquiz and this person uh, made a statistical comment that uh, you know mark wood bowled a very short number of uh, balls or very short spell in the first innings it was hardly 8.2 over so it's only about 50 balls right mm-hmm. he conceded 41 runs but the most interesting thing was he took five wickets so it was an yeah. absolutely impactful couple of spells but what they pointed out was in 50 balls 87% of his balls were above 140 right wow. that, that's a fantastic number and uh, even if you could do this many times this is what you know mitchell johnson brought to the game this is what stark yeah. at his best does you bowl 90 plus this is a right arm fast bowler of course but you have this menace that you bring to the crease right i think shannon gabriel did it uh, in one of the tests previously so yeah, even in this test in the second morning shannon gabriel probably did it right so yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see that's what a really fast bowler can bring to the and i think mark would probably really gave a lot of joy to the england supporters because the series was lost but this guy comes back he's also a guy who's been in and out to the team he has had injury issues so first of all he showed his match fit and he's able to yeah. bowl this sort of an impact spell if you can imagine this was the first of the second test match of the series the series course could have been changed you know yeah, as you said west indies looked down and out and they looked completely it was the same bowling attack okay there was no holder this that was a big difference in the field and also also in the attack but mm. they looked completely out of it just because they lost kemo paul who was actually very special also in the first innings to be frank yeah yeah he had already made the breakthrough he had given the breakthrough of rory burns but then once yeah. he was sort of hurt they had they ran out of ideas and I, the, the hero from the first test rostin chase bowled 30 31 overs but they just milked him around at almost 3 an over right yeah. and then of course all the fast bowlers got a bit frustrated they got a bit angry and you know gabriel sort of probably uttered something he shouldn't have by the looks of it so what he said we really couldn't hear uh, the stump mic did not capture it but what it really did capture was uh, joe root's reply so at about 130 for 2 in england innings second innings right when they were toiling away 
I think um, Shannon Gabriel seems to have made a homophobic comment of some sort, to which uh, Joe Root replied by saying, um, "Don't use gay as something derogatory. There's nothing wrong about it, or some something to this effect, right?" So unfortunately, this has been picked up by the match referee and the umpires, and uh, Shannon Gabriel has been charged with uh, under the section 2.13 of the ICC Code of Conduct. So I think now, uh, even as we speak, he's in the match referee's chamber explaining himself. Uh, this is one thing. And uh, well, as you were pointing out uh, outside this call, something funny, something yeah. Gorilla Cricket, our uh, friends keep saying, it looks like England are now struggling to find openers because South Africa, uh, you know, aren't producing any good ones. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> so I mean, or they have enough good openers that they keep to, keep it to themselves. They can't export any. Yeah, openers. yeah. It's a very yeah, look. Look at all the openers they have had. Uh, English team. I think Keaton Jennings was also born in South Africa. Oh, he's born of a South African father. Yes, yes. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, uh, Andrew Strauss. Yes. Uh, Nick Compton. Oh. Yes. Was yeah, Nick Compton, yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, number three, Jonathan Drott was also. Drott, yes. So, yeah. so, African descent. so all these yeah. top order batsmen, you know, they, they seem to come across uh, you know, from, from the southern hemisphere. So <laughs> they're missing out. Right. Uh, that's a nice, uh, you know, funny point. But if you want to get back to the what England were able to achieve. So again, in the fourth innings, they were really successful when they began. I think Anderson again working his magic. This guy has been all the way there. And Stuart Broad was really unlucky, I thought, this test. He bowled fantastic level in both the innings. I think mm-hmm. he beat the bat, I don't know, 30, 40 times. On another day, he would have gotten a 5-4 <laughs> in both the innings, probably. Yeah. So it was a really unlucky test for him. But still, really, the Anderson really broke through the West Indian top order in the second innings. And that ensured that they wouldn't get a solid start even like the first innings for example right mm-hmm. so uh, for me i think the john campbell was very promising but i think the maturity will come let's hope because in the first innings his dismissal was very crucial if he had stayed behind i don't think westland yeah. has suffered such a bad collapse at the hand of wood you know yeah. he was fast but i think john campbell would have hit out and some of woods venom would have been taken out you know this is one thing of yeah. course when it comes to roston chase i have Nothing but a lot of grudging respect for this guy. If you remember, I think 2017 when India toured, I think he scored his first 100 against India. That was also yeah. fourth innings, 137, right? And yeah. they drew the match. He was able to get the match to a draw. So um, that was one thing. Then if you remember last year against Pakistan, he nearly saved a test match by batting a day and a half. And then with like seven balls or eight balls left in the test match, Sharon Gabriel who was again number 11 in that match, mm-hmm. tried to hit. And try failed to clear off. I think if you remember, one of the spinners bowling hit to deep mid wicket and he was dismissed. And I mean, uh, I think Fazir Muhammad, who was on the radio commentary at that point in time, what have you done? What have you done, Gabriel? Or something like this, he shouted. Why has he done this? Or something very iconic. It, I think it will stay with you. It's like one of those uh, Carlos Brathwaite, remember his name moments, you know, comment yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I have a lot of respect. He doesn't average much. His average is only about 33, if you look at his batting average. But there's a big difference. He's one of those rare batsmen whose fourth innings average is higher than his any other innings average. So he averages 47 in the fourth innings, mm-hmm. even though his overall career average is only 33. So these are the really important batsmen who would come to the rescue of the team. So I think three of his uh, five uh, hundreds are made in the fourth innings. That's again a very rare stat, right? Yeah. This guy, and I think even though so sort of they could have collapsed to 110 all out. You know, the test match was lost. It was very clear. The total was too tall to be chased down. So I would like to give a little bit of a little bit of kudos to the West Indian team that they hung on. They made 250 in the fourth innings, which is not a bad score, right? And 
also i think the tail kept chase company so that uh, even even gabriel tried to hang around for about 30 minutes i think so that chase could yeah. go on and when he was dismissed chase was on 98 so it was uh, there was a moments confusion whether the innings ended or not then you see this guy limping out came up all so you have to give him credit as well and the management of the west indian team right they were able to tell that guy and he was able to accept it so just go out block a couple of balls it, he only had to block one ball in that over right and then it was stokes bowling i think and then yeah. chase would get strike and that's exactly what happened and chase got his 100 right and this yeah, guy tried yeah. to swing got a couple of boundaries and got out that that was that that was okay in the end that was okay exactly but you still went to 252 even though you were you know it, it could have easily subsided to nothing from 4 for 31 you would have you could have been a 100 all out but that's the one thing i would like to and this this quality of, i very much appreciate so even though when chips appear completely down and the team appears completely lost you don't give up this is what right. i like chase Not and also this best yeah. mm. if you could imagine kimo paul probably is injured but if in his place there was holder and maybe something could have been achieved if holder had stayed you know in that team so they could have saved the match you can think uh, you think don't know i mean yeah. miracles to happen and once or twice a year at least there is one team that somehow bats out a day and a half or almost two days to save a test match right yeah like sri lanka and i told you west indies themselves did it uh, two yeah. years before against india so this is all possible only thing uh, i think they really missed holder so mm-hmm. it really showed in their approach also in when they ran out of ideas for example right yeah Yeah, so yeah. the other other positive for england in this test match is that finally joe root was able to score 100 if he had not scored even a 50 in this innings this would have been his only series in his entire career in which he would have scored neither a 50 nor a 100 so he was able to you know rectify that he was still mm-hmm. able to keep that record to zero so he scored 100 and also with just two tests remaining then to ashes i think he just made sure there is a lot of a lot of those fears in the england fans and selectors minds were calmed you know mm-hmm. that's one thing and also you can't underestimate the twin 50s that josh butler made right yeah absolutely so both yeah. in the first innings and in the second innings and i think stokes was able to sort of break out of his shell i think he's been in a shell i think this was his highest score somebody pointed out on twitter since he was in all that court case right Yeah. So he he's able to come out of it and Joe Denley I think did enough to make sure he probably gets a seat on the Ashes tour you know. Yeah must have so, done enough I think yeah. Yeah. So let's see I mean if you were to quickly quickly look at this you know if you were to quickly go through what would be the 11 for Ashes or at least the Ireland test so England play a test against Ireland before Ashes starts so you would expect this very 11 I would take out Jennings put uh, let's say Fox in it because Fox is a more pure keeper. and he adds mm-hmm. it to the batting right so delhi would be open and folks would put in folks yeah he may come in but for no, me no i meant who is going to open with uh, ah, rohit burns sorry delhi would i think okay this is my opinion right he already he was a chosen as an opener in this series yeah, after yeah, all. Yeah. so i think they would uh, you know risk him at uh, number mm-hmm. one i mean sam robson has been doing good he might be put in the squad but he might not get to play right away same with folks I think he's very unlucky to miss out because would with this performance he is able to secure his let's say if he stays fit. And yeah. of course one last thing I would like to point out Moin Ali's contribution in this test. He's been very quiet but he sco- he, t- he took seven wickets this test. He was the ideal yeah. foil for first wood in the uh, first innings and then in the second innings he again took three wickets and he was able to make the breakthroughs. They went after him of course. Yeah. but that's what you as a spinner you expected to really come into the game in the third and the fourth innings right 
yeah. a lot of good lot of good positives as far as england are concerned but i think west indies will really be happy about what they were able to achieve this test series yeah anything to add here giri no i think you covered basically everything <laughs> i think uh, no no yeah. no not just that but i think uh, they play ashes uh, in uh, in the summer so they have a bit of time off uh, for the that test in especially um, so that the one day series will come up i think that's coming up next week so we'll yeah. probably do a preview on that uh, in our upcoming episode and yeah. okay now if you were to quickly go forward i think we can take a quick look at the new zealand um, right new zealand yeah, india yeah new zealand 20s yeah the last so 20s. the last t20 uh, new zealand and india uh, it was played at hamilton uh, it was a close game it was a high scoring game um, uh-huh. <clears throat> um i think the 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 end result looks uh, in new zealand's favor uh it probably is a fair result uh mm-hmm. new zealand won the match by four runs having scored 212 uh, in their uh, when they batted and india could only uh, uh, you know could, could was four run short in the end like i said but um uh, so that i think new zealand top order fired this time colin munro i think uh, finally mm-hmm. came good uh, i think he had a couple of failures in the previous two matches so this time uh, not failures but he, he didn't score as well as he was expected to Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the keeper uh, Seifert team Seifert i think he was all, he was also very good uh, so they had a very nice uh, batting um, display and uh, yeah i think it was a good batting pitch uh, mm-hmm. very nice the ball was coming on very nicely onto the bat uh, so they came up with 212 for india i think the the bowlers who did well was uh, bhuneshwar kumar and uh, kuldeep yadav kuldeep yadav uh, especially because uh, he got two wickets for 26 runs in his four overs Um, mm-hmm. and uh, um, i think in the when uh, india uh, played uh, i think when india came out to bat um, i i think until rohit sharma was there uh, india had a very good chance mm-hmm. uh, they were well in control in fact so when Ro- uh, <clears throat> the opening partnership did not uh, materialize this time i think shikhar dhawan was out very quickly for yeah Uh, he, i think he was out even in the first over so indeed santner was a spinner bowling the first over and then he got out uh, square yeah. yeah hold out but um, <clears throat> rohit sharma and vijay shankar uh, they i think they they played a very good uh, partnership uh, both of them uh, rohit sharma made 38 runs uh, but he was playing more of a second fiddle to uh, vijay shankar vijay mm-hmm. shankar played some beautiful shots ex- exquisite shots uh, in his innings of 43 Agreed. Um so and they were kind of proper cricketing shots because he was playing most of his shots with a straight bat not cross batted heaves or uh, hoiks uh, yep. or anything like that so um, when vijay shankar got out uh, rishabh pant walked in rishabh pant made a played a cameo 28 runs um, um when pant got out i think rohit sharma followed him very quickly hardik pandya came out to bat and he was there for a, an over or two and then he got out dhoni failed um so it was down to karthik and uh, krunal pandya the other pandya the uh, mm-hmm, older mm-hmm. elder elder brother um and together i think they made a match of it i think they they took india very close very very close Indeed. to uh, the total but in the end they i think they were one one shot away uh, maybe exactly. they had a couple of uh, deliveries um i i was watching the last over of this match and then i saw uh, you know dinesh karthik turned down a single Uh, because he wanted to take the strike and then uh, krunal pandya in fact ran to the batsman uh, batsman's end and then came back to the non striker's end 
so he in fact ran two runs there <laughs> um but he was yeah i think kartik's thought he could uh, finish it off uh, but not to be uh, but take nothing away from new zealand i think they bowled well uh, they uh, held their nerve um and they managed to win this uh, match as well as the series 2-1 mm-hmm. um for his explosive innings at the top of the order colin munro was uh, awarded man of the match and player of the series a revelation team cyphered the wicketkeeper batsman from new zealand he was awarded the player of the series uh, yeah um so um i think uh, it was it was uh, not a bad t20 uh, series to be honest i think it was a closely fought uh, series compared to the odi series i think odi was more lopsided i think india blew over new zealand there but this mm-hmm. was a better fight i think there was a close fight and uh, in uh, new, Ze- new zealand came out on top so fair reflection of uh, the skills and uh, skills that were on display indeed um, yeah. you've uh, summarized the match really nicely i would like to add a couple of small things here and there you know mm. first thing um, i think uh, india continued to play with sort of their uh, you know second uh, lineup or let's say india b lineup yeah yeah mm. second strength india b is a bit harsh let's not use that <laughs> term but i think ahmed was allowed to gain a bit more confidence and a bit more exposure at the international level to see if this guy could be taken to the world cup right yeah and then um the pandya brothers were always there i think t20 i think krunal pandya has made it his own as one of the you know, steady players and now he also he showed his value with the bat this match right that was a very good contribution the really the rele- the revelation as far as i was concerned in this match was kuldeep yadav so he was really fantastic on that pitch true pitch so first of all this pitch had already seen a t20 between the ladies right so this pitch stayed true till the last ball was bowled all 80 overs the pitch was true and i think once the once the new zealand batsman got the uh, let's say the idea of how the pitch was behaving uh, i think maybe another spinner could have really 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 helped india's cause but they didn't have one they had only two spinners what was a bit surprising is pandya got to bowl his four overs i would have tried a over or two of vijay shankar vijay shankar I, yeah. yeah yeah it was a bit you know ahmed was a bit costly but he was sort of finishing the innings but then in the middle overs when pandya was bowling the 15 16th i was not understanding what was happening maybe vijay shankar could have bowled and i don't see anybody else in this lineup who could even roll an arm over for a couple of you know slow slow overs there weren't any that was the real problem for india right mm-hmm. this is one of the things i noticed the other thing you are absolutely right vijay shankar played a fantastic innings but then Rohit Sharma could not at all accelerate. So what happens is Rohit Sharma usually he holds himself back and you would expect by the time uh, Vijay Shankar is getting out or by the time Vijay Shankar is sort of picking up his momentum and then maybe he gets out Rohit Sharma is already firing at the other end. But then Rohit Sharma never did that this match. So uh, I think he attracted a little bit of criticism from fans and also commentators because uh, 32 balls for 38 is very less when you consider that you know the, you have to score more than 210 in them. Mm. and you're chasing so uh, in this case that that was a little little unexpected from him and you are I absolutely think, uh, right i think he allowed others to play around him uh, i think he allowed vijay shankar to play around him basically vijay shankar and rishabh pant he that played was a, right. i think he had a specific role i think he wanted to stay there uh, till the end maybe until the 15th over or so you, i think you are right he wanted to finish the match in the last exactly. quarter yeah but i think that was already a bit too late because mm. if he had let's say 48 out of 32 i know it's a lot to ask that would mm. give him a strike rate of 150 but mm. even if he had let's say 45 that could be mm. the difference if you can imagine 
in india winning and losing right this is one of the things the other thing indeed pant and pandya i thought played a fantastic cameo both both of them played a good cameo if either of them had lasted a couple more balls we don't know what would have happened dhoni failed unfortunately right. probably his last innings in new zealand right i don't yeah. think he'll really tour new zealand as an india player again yeah. and that's that so the, like, no, i think you could uh, one more thing it. i want to mention ajit sorry um, yeah. um so uh, the dismissals of uh, rishabh pant and hardik pandey especially rishabh pant and uh, rohit sharma in mm-hmm. quick su- succession was actually down to uh, this guy uh, tikna the new uh, bowler yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know his full name is was a brent or brett ben? i think brett okay brett tikna he bowled very good line and length i think along with uh, kugline these two guys bowled a couple of tight overs and then uh, the asking rate went more than 12 12 and over and then suddenly they they had to play a rash shot they had to play a shot and then they got out uh, eventually uh, because of that so th- these two guys bowled really well in tandem for a couple of fours and that was i think the moment when the game uh, game turned on its head and uh, new zealand uh, uh, you know got the control indeed. back yeah indeed and a small correction he's blair tickner blair okay sorry, sorry about yeah. that i was not aware of his first name either so he's a yeah. debutant right i think he's a debutant yes i think yeah. he did good in his first game i think in a game where uh, the opposition requires more than 10 if you have finished your quota with uh, one wicket and under 9 and over i think you've done really well right yeah so uh, one of the other small things i think new zealand also understood that there was they shouldn't be giving pace on the ball to india at the beginning that's why santner opened and i think he got the wicket of shikhar dhawan right and then well i think the last point is that karthik i think i think you pointed uh, this out to me off uh, offline he lost to school in the first half of saudi over otherwise he would have probably hit that additional win winning hit you know the boundary or a sixer the first three balls i think he lost his cool when a wide was denied you know and you are right you know that that may have cost india the match just a quick summary of you know we can go on about this but if you were to look at the series overall uh, cyphert was rightly named the man of the series right he had the highest score and of course colin munro also finally got into some runs when you look at the bowlers ahmed was the highest wicket taking uh, bowler in the series mm-hmm. and he was tied top 3 with taril mitchell and pandya so you know overall it was a very tight series and it unfortunately ended with india losing it but i think india considering that they were playing with the second string attack they must be happy you know this is not mm-hmm. a bad re- result overall they, it could have been 3-0 or something but i think they they, they did it well right yeah. so this is looking at the men's tour yeah right but if i were to quickly summarize what happened with the women's match because women also as we said we were playing uh, they were playing on the same pitch so uh women lost the series 3-0 the indian women they were already they had already lost uh, the series 2-0 and uh, with the last match beginning i think they decided that they would correct some mistakes with the selection and they allowed uh, mithali raj a chance hmm. to play uh, i think keeping in mind that they would focus on the 2020 world cup the women's world cup t20 in 2020 i think that's why sort of they have been keeping mithali raj out this is what i read mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. therefore they have been trying to give options to new people punia who's a new player she was really not successful but she was very uh, successful in the domestic uh, series that's why she was given an opportunity i read but in the last match uh, so new zealand batted first and made 161 and again sophie divine the opener who finished the man of the series she or women of the series she was uh, also the man of the woman of the match or the player of the match of and the this match. person she played fantastically to give uh, new zealand a flying start uh, even though there are not many big contributions down the order you know the captain again met uh, satterthwaite she met 31 so 
they got to 161 this is sort of par score on that pitch as you can you later saw on the uh, men's match what was the par score so um indian women again the middle order was not really firing so smriti mandana had a fantastic series really really good series she was really scoring well but there was nobody supporting her jamaima rodriguez supported her a little and finally mithali raj who was inducted into the team could not win the match she made 24 runs of 20 balls and in the end i think deepthi sharma hit out but between them they came really close and it looks like you know uh, the men showed uh, the women's team they could always do better than what the women could do so if the women lost by two runs the men decided they lose by four runs and that's what happened mm-hmm. right so yeah. this was just a quick summary of the women's game and uh, some interesting stats again if you look at it between mandhana and rodriguez right these two batters scored 71% of indian women's scores in the entire t20 series that showed how bad the middle order was harmanpreet kaur had a shocker of a series that first one i think in her career that was a bit surprising but uh, also there were some selectorial issues but i think they are going to sort it out shortly because they are trying to experiment a little right they were really uh, encouraged by the one day series results so they tried to encourage they tried to be a bit more experimentative in the t20 format and probably it backfired So before we move on I think one quick uh, mention about this uh, posters that appeared in the first and the second T20 internationals in the you know between the men and women uh, both the matches right so there were these um, basically I think first uh, T20 had a banner saying no means no and the person who held the banner was ejected and in the second T20i we saw wake up new zealand cricket hashtag #me too I think this might be in reference to Scott Cookland playing in the New Zealand team and uh, previously he has been tried and acquitted for in a rape trial which started in uh, May 2015 but ended in February 2017 so um, he was not uh, convicted but I think the people who were closely associated with the uh, person the female in question were not probably happy so these were sort of indicative of that and uh, you know it's, it's it's not a nice thing but I think they may have a point and unfortunately Uh, this goes on quite a lot and maybe they are trying to also raise awareness rather than target any player you know it could be seen that way what are your thoughts on this kid um uh, i do i have to be politically correct you don't have to be be yourself yeah. now but the thing is uh, if uh, this guy cogline was uh, tried and acquitted um, we have to accept that right if if he was tried Uh, <clears throat> fairly and uh, the result in the end was that he was acquitted then i think uh, that should be it i mean i understand there may have been some uh, uh, you know some maybe it's still an open topic for uh, the uh, you know uh, the people who made the accusation or somebody related to that but indeed uh, i think we may have to move on you're right yeah. you're absolutely right Yeah, that's just a small talking point from that series. So we've covered the India versus New Zealand, both men and women series. Now, if we were to move on, we could quickly take a look at the upcoming uh, one-day series. Bangladesh are already in New Zealand, right? So they'll be starting uh, one-day international later today or early tomorrow, depending on how you look at it, on 13th. Yeah. So I, I was just looking at the teams. It looks like Bangladesh are coming into New Zealand with a good, good record because compared to New Zealand, who've lost. their last uh, out of the last five matches they only won one and they were playing at home bangladesh have won four matches and lost only one but uh, they are coming into new zealand with a very bad record at least when it comes to one day years because they have never you know won a one day international in new zealand right 
and mm-hmm. if you look at it from the flip side new zealand have never won a one day international in bangladesh from 2012 or something so they have, they have some very interesting records in each other's countries right but if you look at this this lineup i think new zealand team you know if you remember what happened to sri lanka after uh, india left the shores of australia i'm afraid this might be repeating in this case to bangladesh now that india have left new zealand so the uh, the new zealand one day team is very very competitive and they are also probably a bit frustrated right and they may take it out on this bangladesh team but having said that we can't take the bangladesh team lightly simply because they have some good they have some good experience in that team even though they lost shakib al hasan to an injury finger injury at the last minute they are able to still bring in mustafizur rahim and mushafa murtaza they also don't have that um, youngster the very quick uh, fast bowler who was also a star in the bpl i forget his name now so he is not there unfortunately he is also out with an injury he is a very young bowler so but they still have a very good bowling lineup and with murtaza being the skipper and shabir rahman makes a comeback it looks like they are having a good you know team so mm-hmm. it might be more than a competitive series i wouldn't uh, write bangladesh off that's all i can say so let's see how it goes so and they start their first match tomorrow right mm-hmm. another uh, quick uh, note is the um, first test between south africa and sri lanka and i think this also starts tomorrow if i'm not yeah. wrong giri yeah it does, so, it does start tomorrow yeah Mm-hmm. all right so i have not really looked into this too much but again i think sri lanka will find it very difficult if you were to just look at their performances over the last couple of series and south africa are on the up so i think sri lanka will have to dig really deep and mm-hmm. try to come up with a good batting performance to even remain relevant right yeah. this is how i would look at this series if you were to just wrap it up in a but 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 uh, the first test match is played at durban which uh-huh. is traditionally less pacey and uh, more spinner friendly I see. So I see. Maybe you know Sri Lanka can do something here. Although I'm not sure if the batting will uh, match that. But let's see. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see what will happen. All right. Um, All right. So but let's see. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, a short roundup of other things that are uh, going on in the cricket sure. world. Yeah. Um, so the Big Bash League is uh, drawing up to a close um, this week. Uh, towards the end of this week so the semi-finals will be played uh, on the 14th february and the 15th february um, uh, between um, hobart hurricanes and uh, melbourne stars in the first semi-final and uh, melbourne renegades and uh, sydney sixers in the second semi-finals defending champions as we know um, adelaide strikers uh, they were knocked out or they, they didn't even qualify for the semis um, and uh, the 17th will be the finals um, so Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be interesting because there are two teams from Melbourne, uh, which can potentially uh, end up being the finalists. Who can potentially end up being the finalists? Uh, so, but Hobart Hurricanes they have a very good side uh, led by Matthew Wade and Darcy Short. Uh, uh-huh. and, uh, also Jofra Archer, you know. Of course, in, of course. In this, in the team. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, coming coming to Wade again, Kev. This guy was, uh, I think he's the in the top three uh, batsmen, right? In in terms of runs scored in this uh, Big Bash League, in this edition of the Big Bash League. Mm-hmm. And you just, I mean, I have mentioned this earlier in one of our previous podcasts. Why Indeed. this guy is not part of the Australian ODI or T20 setup? Maybe T20, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he deserves a chance, I think. Darcy Short is of course part of the squad, which will um, which will play against India 
uh, when was that? Was that next month? That was in uh, March, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or towards the end of this month, indeed. Towards the end of February already. Huh? Um, and um, yeah, the other disappointing thing was, or the, the other uh, event that happened during this Big Bash was uh, Perth Scorchers fast bowler, fast bowling all-rounder uh, Nathan Coulton Nile uh, suffered from vertigo and he had to undergo tests. And this guy is part of the ODI squad, which uh, will visit India. Uh, indeed. In the uh, upcoming days. So it's going to be interesting uh, if he will uh, be able to play. Or if it's just a minor thing. Um, Let's hope it's something minor and he's able to yeah. recover or he's past yeah. it. Um, the other bowler that has been included in place of uh, Mitchell Stark, uh, mm-hmm. Kane Richardson, he mm-hmm. is the the leading wicket taker in this uh, Big Bash, uh, uh, in this edition. So he's, he's got the most number of wickets. So he's in good form. Okay. Uh, uh, touring India. I think it's it's going to be uh, good. I, he's also played a lot of IPL cricket. So he knows the grounds and uh, the pitches there. So. Indeed. So that's about Big Bash. Uh, I think in our next episode, we'll probably see who will who will have won uh, this edition. Indeed. Um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, amongst other things, uh, in one of our previous episodes, we also mentioned uh, about the Netherlands touring uh, Oman and India. We have yeah. some details now. Um, so Netherlands will uh, will visit Oman this week. So they, they are already in Oman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they will play T uh, T20 against Scotland um, uh, in Oman tomorrow, or yeah. Wednesday, thirteenth of February, and then they will play T uh, T20 against Oman themselves on Friday, the uh, fifteenth, mm-hmm. and on Sunday, the uh, seventeenth, they will play a T T20 against Ireland. Okay. And after that, interestingly, they visit India. They go on a tour of India. And uh, on 21st of February, 23rd of February, 25th, 27th, and 28th, on five different days, uh-huh. apparently they play against um, our home team, you know, back home, Karnataka. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So this is supposed to be 50 over games. I don't know which um, Karnataka squad they will come up against, uh, whether it's going to be the Ranji team or whether it's uh, one of the other subdivisions. Uh, so it could very it well be the. Mm-hmm. You know, the highest team, the list A team or the you know, one day team of Karnataka. Yeah, I, I don't have all the details. Yeah, I don't have all the details on this. So I'll keep okay. uh, an eye on this uh, to see what uh, this will uh, entail. So I will probably come up with more details in uh, one of the next episodes when they oh. uh, when they're already in India. So it's going to be interesting. Um, success, uh, Mensa. Oh, yeah. Uh, to Why? our uh, Dutch uh, cricketers. Um, so do well. No, I think you've, you should you deserve a little bit of kudos here because it's not easy to locate these uh, records. They're not as easily available as any of the other international teams' records. So I think you deserve a bit of kudos there for doing all the research and getting it out, right? And let's see, maybe we can also follow up in one of the upcoming episodes. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you were to look at the other things, you know Darren Bravo's new song, Kiri, Asia, have you heard it? I've only heard his uh, song called Champion. Yes. Or Champion. Uh, is it Champion or Champion? I would say it's, a, it's a Champion. It's not a mushroom. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Champion, no. It's no, just no. Champion, okay. I think. Okay. But anyway, this one is called Asia. Have you heard this at all? It's it's now making the rounds on YouTube and other uh, social media platforms. Asia, okay. No, I've, I've, I haven't heard this, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> well, w- what's it about? It's about Asia and his uh, friends in Asia. It's basically, I mean... It's a serial name drop. 
with some occasional other <laughs> thrown in it sounded okay. like that. yes so he says uh, i mean i mean frankly i don't have a lot of respect for bravo as a musician right okay i really respect him as a cricketer maybe also as a marketer of his own brand brand bravo is it darren bravo or dwayne bravo no it's darren bravo oh it's dwayne bravo my bad it's dwayne bravo the old one yes, right yes, not yes. Not, uh, not, not not the younger the... bravo no definitely no, not okay hmm. younger half brother right. so <laughs> i was wondering how this guy also started singing following well, the footsteps of he, his uh, Maybe he does a better job than the older brother, but we will that trip to be seen. So um, going back to the song, it's it's yeah. I, I told you he refers to it content by or country by country. He says in Sri Lanka I have Sangakkara and then Mahela as a friend. Then in India he has Kohli and Dhoni as a friend, and Pakistan he has Shahid Afridi as a friend, so on and so on, right? And I think Afridi tweeted about it and even said the song is better than his first song. Um, I right. don't know. it means so does, does that mean he understood the song or uh... i think so you, okay. you could actually have it the nail on the head maybe this this made more sense to shahid afridi he was able to easily understand it okay or you could take a look at it as saying he found it nicer because he was included in it i don't know i don't know how to interpret it yeah, but it's a tribute song then it's more of a tribute song then for sure no shahid afridi is there in the song he's his friend from pakistan so yeah right so this guy is truly i mean look i mean i can joke all about it but uh, i think he is very good when it comes to marketing his music right mm-hmm. and he has a lot of friends truly i'm now mm-hmm. expecting another song from the southern hemisphere so we'll see if it comes and maybe we get to hear a lot more name drops who, in the other who, one with all the songs who will do that from southern hemisphere uh, maybe bravo i mean his first song is called asia second song oh yeah okay uh, like that okay hmm. with all the songs and then south africa and uh, all that Yeah, okay. it was also West Indies. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, maybe there were enough West Indian cricketers in his first song. We don't know. Anyway, so this is just a small topic to under- discuss. And then last one, and uh, I, w- I would like to go through this very weird incident where this uh, Delhi selector and former India bowler Amit Bhandari was attacked when he was sort of witnessing another T20 match, right? Mm-hmm. So this specific player, right, uh, yeah. whose name is Anuj Dheda. he came and he asked why he was not selected apparently the delhi uh, team's probables were released one day before for the ranji okay. uh, upcoming season and he this person was not a part of this uh, lineup or this probables list and as a result uh, he first of all tried to assault amit bhandari then him and a few of his friends tried to attack him and something un- very un- unforeseen and also something very unsavory has happened here is this alleged or uh, do, do they have witnesses uh, no i think they have witnesses Okay, have witnesses cool. in okay. as much that uh, this person uh, has been arrested along with his brother anuj dheda has been arrested and he is probably facing a lifetime ban by the looks of it from how ddca old how old is this guy i think he's not he's is his early 20s if anything even 20 i think oh, okay it's comes comes across as very very unsavory and very unfortunate for a very young man to you know take this route to sort of go ahead and um, yeah try to get his way in and also uh, costing a selector when you don't make it it, it doesn't it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence as to how people sometimes take it right so and i think uh, gautam gambhir and shikhar dhawan and virat kohli i don't know virat kohli also tweeted but i i heard he did so all of these other people who were really you know able to quickly um, respond and said we'll try to text we'll try to help you and i think gautam gambhir even went as far as saying i will not let this slide i'll make sure the person responsible is held responsible and i'm just so, reading a tweet from somebody called gs vivek 
uh-huh. you know this guy uh, he uh-huh. mentions that there were about 30, 40 people uh, yeah. entire delhi probables who, who were there with support staff and management and yeah. this happened right in front of them the yeah. goons attacking amit uh, bandari wow unbelievable this is <laughs> this is quite yeah. crazy it's yeah. sorry to really read these things yeah. in the paper mm. right anyway uh, yeah that was one of the last things we had to mention so just some uh, housekeeping and the trivia question for this week kiri so the trivia question for this week is who is the highest wicket taker in the cricket world cups that is in all world cups if you put together all 50 over world cups together who is the highest wicket taker in all of them this is the question so please reach out to us send us your answers uh, to amchair.cricket@gmail.com or get in touch with us on twitter at @amchaircrickpod and try to you know give us your answers or your guesses we are we are always welcome also for comments and other questions you may have for us mm-hmm. to pick up if you have any comments about our way of presentation or the content we use please also let us know right yeah. so um as is, as we always tell you thanks a lot for your uh, listening and also try to you know popularize this podcast if you like it leave us a five star rating in any platform you might listen to and maybe even apple podcast if that's the one right we have quite a lot of cricket coming up kiri so in the upcoming uh, episode i think we have at least two test matches i think to look forward to maybe the one test match for sure and maybe the other one as well and um, we have the sri lanka south africa test matches we have the one dayers between new zealand and bangladesh we have bbl that would have probably just ended psl that would just begin so a lot of cricket coming up in the upcoming week or so yeah. i think we have a lot to discuss as well in the upcoming episodes yeah. so i would always say to our listeners please stay tuned in you have a lot that you can listen to us or listen to from our episodes right i would like to say thanks a lot to all our listeners all right thanks guys thanks uh, do keep listening to us thanks sajit uh, for your time uh, and uh, for uh, having this uh, nice chat again uh, let's do it again uh, sometime soon all right then giri thank you bye 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 you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast